Welcome into another episode of the Rocky Top Talk podcast. I am Terry Lambert, joined as always by Evan Winter. Evan, how's it going tonight? Doing well, man. Uh, you know, just received the news from you yourself that LSU went down, so I'm feeling a lot less stressed tonight. Yeah, that that'll uh, that'll help out. You know, Tennessee could use some help suddenly after uh, getting beat pretty good in Rupp Arena over the weekend. Um, you know, before we start, uh, you can you can find all of our work on RockyTopTalk.com. All the latest news and information can be found there. Um, had plenty to talk about over the weekend. Like I said, Tennessee went to Rupp, got beat. Um, really, from the opening tip, it, it just seemed like there was a difference in demeanor in the two teams. Uh, Kentucky seemed like they were ready to uh, ready to throw down, and you know. I think the refs kind of set the tone early on in that game, kind of establishing the fact that, hey, we're going to let y'all uh, beat and bang the post, and, and we're not really going to call this tight. Uh, Tennessee really didn't take advantage of that. Kentucky was the aggressor all night long, um, held a really a 15-point lead for most of the second half there, uh, never really weren't in control. So, uh, Evan, give me your, your first couple take takeaways from that game. Yeah, man, I, mean, I think you started off pretty well. Um, the referees didn't really get into it in the beginning of the game. They kind of let both teams play. Uh, Kentucky definitely was way more physical than Tennessee was um, in the early going and just throughout the game in general. But whenever you lose a, 17, a game by 17 points, it doesn't matter how bad the refereeing was. There's obviously some signs of bad play from your team or you know whoever the loser is in that score or in that game. Man, one guy that really impressed me, and I don't watch a lot of Pac-12 basketball, so I never watched him before this year. But Reed Travis, man, and, you know, he got hurt, actually, um, against Missouri the other night, and they're saying he might be out for two weeks, so he might not make it back during the rematch uh, in October in uh, Thompson Bowling next Saturday. Not this Saturday, but next Saturday. But, man, he impressed me. That, that dude is huge, man. Did you notice how big he was? Yeah, him and him and P.J. Washington, you know, they aren't the tallest guys. I think they're both 6'8", but – They've got bulk, and they really—they yeah, they are rocks, man. They really throw it around, and they, and they come at you aggressively. So naturally, that's a bad matchup for for Grant Williams, who for sure. You know, I, I don't know if Grant struggled. Uh, he still had 16 points, uh, but you know, six of those came off of two three pointers, which was kind of odd. Grant only took four total shots, two of which, you know, only two came inside the arc. Right. Uh, so it, it was odd to see them not get him established. You know, there was a clear plan by Kentucky uh, not to let him get get free in the paint. You know, they they'd kind of throw it down low and they double him, and and that's where Grant's been so good this year, right? That's where he's you know found the open man uh, out for three. It's where he's found Kyle Alexander for the slam. Uh, they were just collapsing the passing lanes after double teaming and really turned him over, uh, made life really tough on him. So I, I think Kentucky is a really bad matchup for Grant. And unfortunately for him, you know, Jordan Bone didn't quite have it working. Uh, Jordan Bowden didn't have it working. Admiral Schofield didn't have it working either. So the, the uh, Lamonte Turner didn't either. They The three of those guys went combined one of 17 from three. If you don't have Grant working, and you don't have any of those guys knocking down shots, Tennessee's not going to beat really anybody. 
No, not at all. And like you said in the beginning, I mean, him and Washington, Reed Travis, that is, and P.J. Washington, like you said, are just terrible matchups. Um, one of Tennessee's biggest strengths on the team is their strength inside. And when you have two guys, usually you can guard either Admiral or Grant. You know, you got to pick and choose. But when you can guard both of them, that really gives the balls trouble. And we saw that Saturday night. Um, you know, and one guy who really needs to step up on a night like that, and we kind of talked about this in the Rocky Top slat, uh, Rocky Top Talk Slat Chat a little bit, is uh, Kyle Alexander, man. He has even uh, Rick Barnes mentioned it on Monday. How, or I'm sorry, no, not on Monday. Uh, last Monday before the Kentucky game, how he thought that Alexander needed to step up, and then lo and behold, Alexander only plays 19 minutes or maybe even 18 minutes against Kentucky. So you kind of put two and two together there, and you start wondering, you know. What what is going on? What is wrong with Kyle Alexander? Why hasn't he developed into the post presence that we thought he would be, and that the Vols need? Um, so yeah, uh, and Jordan Bone as well. You know, he obviously led the team with 19 points, but he definitely was not playing as aggressive as he usually does, and it showed. I mean, overall, it really felt like Tennessee just wasn't ready for this game, and that's kind of depressing to say, considering how much focus they've shown, how much. Uh, Rick Barnes stresses on focus week in and week out. Yeah, just building on your Alexander point, last four games he's played 20 minutes or less, and he's gotten three rebounds in each of the last four. That's, that, that's, that can't happen. Man. I mean, that that, that's just wild. You know, 6'11", I, I know he's not the biggest guy, but he's proven to be a defensive presence, but he's got to rebound the ball. So right. Rick, Rick's always I mean, on Grant for, for not rebounding the ball. Same goes for Kyle. So, you know, like you were saying, you, you said it last year. You wrote a post on this saying that, that Kyle Alexander was Tennessee's X factor, and oh, to sure. a, to a certain extent, I still feel like that's true. Uh, but they're not getting anything out of him right now. No, and I mean, you know, and he was, you know, he's never been physical. Physicality's never been his his key. But he's athletic. He's long. He can create issues. There's no way, even if you're six and eleven, and you have any kind of slight skill to your game like he does you should be a factor almost every single night or every single game they play on every single night um so you know i just i don't know what's going on he's definitely regressed because at the beginning of the season he was great um but yeah i, I don't know what's happened here lately yeah defensively you saw tennessee kind of play like they have really all year uh just struggling in transition and giving up some open looks to three uh, Keldon Johnson really made him pay God, in, in the it. first half. And I, I thought he really established Kentucky's lead, and they really never looked back. I think he hit two or three in a row, really separated uh, Wildcats from the Vols. Um, Ashton Hagens, their point guard, freshman point guard, uh, played probably his, his best game of the season, nine points, seven assists. I thought he really controlled the game. Um, you know, kind of outplayed Jordan Bone. I, I know Bone's point For total sure. looks better. Um, but, you know, like you said – uh, Bone didn't didn't push the issue. Uh, I just think Tennessee's at at their best when Bone is flying up and down the court. Um, you saw that stretch against against South Carolina where he's you know just pushing the pace, gets in the paint, you know finds the open guy for three or, or dumps it inside or pulls up for a jumper. Just didn't really see that, it, and it was just a no. different looking team. And, and you know it, it kind of reminded me of last year's squad where they they really got in the half court. Ran their offense through Grant Williams, but obviously that didn't work on Saturday. No, it didn't, and Kentucky shut it down quick. Um, you know, and they always say the most important uh, minutes of a basketball game are usually the first four to five minutes after halftime. And you know, it, 
I felt really good going into halftime because they were down, what, 37 to 31? I mean, it was only a six-point game, yep. and yet it felt like it should have been way worse than that. Um, and another thing I'll mention after here in a second, but um, – but yeah, but after that, man, that fourteen zero run to start the second half just absolutely blew any hope of returning out of the water. And one thing also that I noticed was um, assists. Tennessee wasn't moving the ball. I mean, they averaged. We talked about it. We talked about it in the uh, in the podcast before that game or before the Kentucky game. How they averaged at nineteen point nine assists per game. They only had eleven against Kentucky. So Kentucky, I think what they did was they found a way to match the, the Vols. Are a great team. Uh, they match up okay in some areas one-on-one, but overall they work better as a team. And I think Kentucky found a way to get them into one-on-one matchups, and they just couldn't win. Yeah, they were just kind of directionless. That, that's the best way I can put it. Yeah, uh, I agree. No, no conviction, you know, it just too many guys standing around. So uh, you come out of that one, and you, you come back home, and you get the worst team in the SEC in Vanderbilt, who, you know, I – they're bad. They're obviously bad. They're 0-13 in the league. But they've got some, some talent on that team. They, they've hung with, with guys. Uh, and they, they certainly gave Tennessee a, a little bit of a test. But uh, more so than anything, I, I just kind of felt like Tennessee slept walk through that. You know, they played okay in, in the first half, established their lead. But, uh, man, the portions of that second half, uh, it, it was a struggle to watch. You know, I, I think they, they scored, what, 20-something points, 22 points in the second half. So, yeah. It's yeah. just it just wasn't the response that you wanted to see out of this group. No, and you know um, they struggled from the get go. I remember right off the top um, of the game, uh, Admiral Schofield missed a wide open layup right off of a turnover. You know, and it just seemed like in, any chance that Tennessee had to pull ahead, they allowed Vanderbilt to come back into the game. And fortunately, Vanderbilt just isn't there when it comes to a team right now. You know, they can't hit free throws. They have no inside presence. Um, you know, they really have no guard play. So they're not much of a threat. But over, overall, as a team, they're extremely talented. I still think they're going to sting a couple people. And honestly, I'd watch out for them in the SEC tournament because, I mean, they, they, they're talking about it on a 104.5 The Zone this morning. You know, Vanderbilt might be the worst or the best worst team in SEC. SEC history um you know a lot of these games I mean hell they almost beat Tennessee when Tennessee was ranked number one they should have won that game honestly in my opinion um they're one of the better teams out there that just can't find any type of luck right now but regardless yeah it's this was not the response that you wanted to see um you expected this team to come out at least cover the spread I know cover I know the spread is that big a deal in the long run but an 18 point spread is a dominant win um there were times where the Vols only led by three or four points. You know, Vanderbilt led early on. They were draining some threes once again. That was the biggest thing for me is they were making some threes early on, and that was just completely discouraging to see, but eventually that broke. Well, of course they were making threes. Everybody makes threes. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think it was Saban Lee at one point. He just made this crazy – or it was maybe it was uh, – Moroy, I can't, I can't pronounce, I can't remember his last name, or Moiner or something like Moyer, that. Yeah, yeah, Moyer. Yeah, he's this crazy fade, just drop back three with a hand in his face, and I was I just laughed. I was just like, oh my god, man, this cannot be happening again. Yeah, some of those, uh, you know, ten- Tennessee struggled to defend the three, and we've talked about that. But some of these <laughs> threes just drop anyway. You know, when you've got a hand Dude. in the face, it, it's kind of wild. Um, it's extremely wild. You know, and, and it's worrisome. You know, if if you look at how teams get beat in the NCAA tournament, it's always that mid-major team that gets hot from three. Yep, that's um, exactly how it happens. So, so that's a little worrisome. But, 
Yeah, it's just a, it was a just a lackluster performance. You know, it was okay. There were certain stretches of the game that were okay. Grant Williams was Grant Williams. You know, fourteen and eleven, uh, pretty efficient night. The the guy that worries me is Admiral Schofield. Yes, and I, I don't know what what's happened, but it seems like in the middle of SEC play. He's just kind of just dropped off. I mean, he's, yep. he's lost his three-point shot. He hit two last night. He's just not the same efficient player that we saw take over the game against Gonzaga. We, we saw take over the game in stretches last year. Uh, he's not that guy for Tennessee right now, and I think that's a big reason why they're struggling right now. Yeah, for sure, man. And I wonder if part of that, and this is just obvious speculation, you know, this is just me just thinking out loud, but I wonder if – they've become so used to each other making plays that they're almost getting too comfortable with each other. You know what I'm saying? Almost like how people complain about how LeBron always makes the extra pass instead of taking it in himself. Like maybe, maybe they should start manning up. Maybe Rick should not chew out Jordan when he takes a shot with seven seconds left on the game, on the shot clock. You know, I mean, I mean, if they feel comfortable, take it. You don't always have to make that extra pass. But then that's where my lack of you know basketball knowledge comes in, and uh, maybe maybe you always want to do make that make that extra pass. But I feel like I just feel like they're content right now. I feel like they're sitting back, and I feel like they need to figure out a new spark to get this team going. And honestly, I feel like that spark is Kyle Alexander. But at the same time, hell, you're winning nineteen you know eighteen nineteen games in a row. You know, you get comfy in doing what you're doing because it's working. But maybe they've hit that. Maybe they've hit that rock or that that plateau, and they need to find something else that's working. Well, and Rick said this last night. It's kind of the dog days uh, of the right, season. Right. Yeah, you know, you've been playing a lot of basketball. You've gone. What was it? It was Wednesday, Saturday, Tuesday. So that's yeah. three games in six days. And and look, everybody has to do that. But it takes a toll on you uh, throughout the season. So. I think you're just seeing a couple of different guys get cold, you know, together. Uh, it just seems like Tennessee has, you know, Lamonte Turner to fall back on. Uh, they have Jordan Bowden to fall back on if something's not working. They have Admiral Schofield to fall back on. Uh, those guys just aren't shooting the ball well right now. Uh, Jordan Bowden, the last two games, it's just not pressing the issue. Uh, the only guy that you can really get consistent performances out of right now is Grant Williams. Uh, so that's a problem. I, I mean, I, I just worry about a guy like Jordan Bowden especially who's really struggled with confidence over the past couple of years. You know, I remember writing in preseason uh, the key for him was just to fire away. He's just yep. such a good shooter, and he, he doesn't show it enough. So he goes 1-6 from the field last night, 0-2 for from 3 you know, we were seeing him take 11, 12, 13 shots a game. Uh, he's kind of disappeared these last two. So that's a guy I've got my eye on going into Saturday's game. Yeah, man, I'm right there with you. Bowden has dropped off the map as well, and that's really discouraging, especially considering how well he was playing earlier in the season. All right, we will take a short break. When we come back, we will get into Saturday's game at LSU. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, so the, the, it doesn't get any easier. 
Uh, Tennessee's nope. got to go to LSU this weekend. It's a weird time. You know, a, a noon tip at LSU, a really good Tigers team that somehow just lost to, to a really, you know, mediocre Florida team. That was a big win for Florida. It might get them in the NCAA tournament. Yep. Um, so that, I mean, that, that development alone is big for Tennessee. It gives them a, just a touch of breathing room. Of course, it can all evaporate if Tennessee comes out and lays an egg on Saturday. But uh, LSU has talent. You know, they're, they're right there in the standings with Tennessee and Kentucky. They could very easily win the conference. Uh, plenty, plenty of talent on this roster. Uh, Evan, give us your early thoughts. Uh, rebounding, that's going to be key. Um, this team averages um, almost 38 rebounds per game total. Uh, Kentucky, I think, averaged like 36 coming into last week's game, and the the Vols got crushed on the boards. Um, you know, you've got Cavell, Big B Williams, and Nas Reed. They both average over six rebounds a game, and then you've got Emmett Williams falling right up behind them at 5.6 rebounds a game. So, I mean, this t- Tennessee's gonna have to get physical. I mean, here we go. We're gonna we're gonna see an instant response to how physical that or they're going to see them step up and see how physical that they can really get because this is going to be another dogfight down low. Um, going to be a game where Kyle Alexander is going to have to do something to make a difference because, like I, like we've been saying, without him there's no post play. You can't re- can't rely on uh, Folky. You can't rely on Derek Walker. Um, if you're playing a team like LSU, especially with a guard like Tremont Waters, who's just going to slash you any chance he gets. Outstanding point guard matchup here. Yeah, uh, yeah Tremont Waters. If you haven't seen him play, he's one of the best in the country. Uh, going up against Jordan Bone, those two will be getting after it all day. But I think you hit the nail on the head. It's Nas Reed down low. It's getting Cal Alexander to stay out of foul trouble. It's getting him engaged. It's getting him aggressive on the boards. You know, same goes for Grant Williams. You, you got to have both of them kind of banging on all cylinders here. Uh, Tennessee's got to win the battle on the boards. It, it's not something that they've done lately. So um, in addition to all that, they've got to have some of these shooters step up to the plate. You know, like we've talked about, Lamonte Turner, we, we saw flashes uh, against Vandy. He hit his first two shots, but he ends up going three of nine from deep uh, right. against Vanderbilt, and, and that's not good enough. You know, I don't think he made one after really the, the, the first few minutes of that game. So um, Jordan Bowden, Admiral Schofield, Tennessee's going to have to get better performances out of them uh, in order to, to knock off LSU. For sure. And one thing I'm interested to see in is uh, the coaching matchup, Rick Barnes versus Will Wade. You know, you've got the young up-and-comer versus, you know, the, the tired te- – well, not tired, but the tested, tried, rather I should have said, uh, veteran and uh, Rick Barnes. So that to me is going to be interesting to see, you know, how much spunk and how much uh, energy Wade brings to this team and if Barnes can be the ultimate calming presence. But honestly – Honestly, Tennessee needs a spark right now. Maybe this will be it. Maybe they'll realize, hey, you know, we've got a big opportunity coming up um, to kind of right the wrong of last weekend. And like you're saying, they'll have some breathing room. But regardless, they'll still finish in second if they lose this weekend because uh, LSU will hold the tiebreaker over them. Yeah, Barnes and, and Wade, I think that's a good point. Will Wade could have very easily been Tennessee's coach, you know, if yep. Rick Barnes doesn't hit the market. He was kind of the up-and-comer. At the time, you know, went to Chattanooga and then was at VCU. So um, that that's just that's just something interesting to think about. Uh, you know, we did the same with with Florida and Mike White. There was a time where Mike White actually turned Tennessee down. So uh, I, I think everything ha- has worked out pretty well, though. Um, LSU, it, it's interesting. Uh, they they lose to Florida, like we said. 
after knocking off Kentucky at Rupp Arena. You know, wow. there were there were some nervous moments this weekend uh, against Georgia, against a really bad Georgia team. Yeah, Georgia's so bad. <laughs> I just I just think this this Kentucky hangover is real. I think Kentucky is so physical; they just beat you up. Uh, beat you to a pulp, and it takes you a, a week to figure it out. So, you know, maybe, maybe that was up, what was up with Tennessee um, against Vanderbilt last night. Uh, it certainly seems to have affected LSU, who again went down to the Gators. Yeah, and let me correct what I said earlier. I'm I'm an idiot. Uh, we should know from last year there are no tiebreakers in the regular season because Tennessee figured, finished as co-champions. Like, well. If scratch that champions last year they just shared the title with georgia um but no man and what you said about the kentucky hangover just makes me hate them even more the fact that you know any team that just plays them automatically just seems like they struggle whether it's a win or a loss but hey i guess the good news in that is um or the silver lining in that rather is that uh kentucky struggled with missouri the other night you know i think what they only led by five with maybe like two minutes left or something like that I, I totally missed that game. I, I, I didn't. I, I couldn't stand to, to watch another Kentucky game after what they did. <laughs> See, that guy got to have that one week buffer zone, right? <laughs> yeah, but going back to Kentucky real quick before we get out of here, uh, that rematch is is looming large. You know, you said uh, Reed Travis might not be able to go in that one. We'll have to monitor that. That would be a huge sure. blow. That would um, be huge. But I wanted to talk about what what freshman guard Tyler Hero said. Um, and, and this kind of goes oh, yeah. back to, to last year um, with, with Grant and, and P.J. Washington um, kind of going back and forth a little bit. P.J. Washington got, got the best of Grant in Knoxville until P.J. left the game with cramps. Then Grant kind of got going and, and put the game away. Uh, P.J. shut down Grant. You know, he had a, he had a good game, but it, it, was, it was not done in the way Grant does things if that makes sense so no, totally. uh, i i think washington did get the better of, of grant but tyler hero gets gets on the mic after the game and says i think they're scared talking about tennessee i think they're scared of pj i i don't think they're scared you know i, I think that's kind of ridiculous to say but i i think it's absolutely fair to say washington has gotten the better of grant and grant has something to prove coming out in a couple of weeks yeah, man, it's just a bad matchup. It's like what we talked about earlier. And, you know, Hero's just being a stupid 18-year-old freshman, you know, just running his mouth. And, you know, hopefully Grant will uh, send them packing, you know, literally and figuratively whenever uh, they play off in Saturday or next Saturday in Thompson. But, yeah, man, I mean, it's just – I mean, you feel good after beating the number one team. You're 18 years old. You know, you're looking up to PJ, obviously, because PJ. I mean, he can't even carry PJ's jock strap, even though they're on the same team. Uh, so you know, he's just pumping up his boy. No, no, no shame in that. But um, at the same time, I see you, Tyler. I'm sure Grant sees you too, and I'm sure he'll see you next Saturday. Yeah, I, I, that's going to be interesting. You know, Barnes has already played that audio. You know, right. he's got it posted on the bulletin board in the locker room. You know he's playing. You know Kentucky is out toughing Tennessee. You know the Kentucky is manhandling Tennessee. You know he's playing all that. So he's got plenty of motivation to go uh, back to for for when Kentucky comes to Thompson Bowling next Saturday. You know th- that's going to be a game that that honestly might determine the, the regular season SEC crown. Uh, it might determine whether or not Tennessee gets a one seed. Um, yep. You know, yep. just real quick, Tennessee fell to five. In the polls, which is just crazy. You know, you kind of understand that that you want Kentucky ahead of Tennessee, and I get that. But 
jumping uh, Gonzaga and and Duke and Virginia along with Kentucky. That that just seems like an overreaction to me. Uh, most sites still had them as a one seed, but it's uh it, it's getting down to it, and uh, Tennessee's gonna have to to win some big games down the stretch. Like we said, the schedule is really really backloaded. It's put up or shut up time, man. And even uh, Jimmy Dykes, I hate to keep referencing 104 by his own. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love listening to him. But, you know, I'm not, like, trying to piggyback them off or anything. But uh, Jimmy Dykes came on earlier today and, you know, said Tennessee is still one of those four or five teams that he would pick to win the the whole shebang. But it's put up or shut up time. And, you know, he even talked about how their schedule is probably one of the hardest schedules remaining in the country for the remainder of the season. So it's going to be tough, you know. Um, Hopefully it comes down to – a final a final game matchup, but at the end of the day, as long as they just make a pretty decent tournament run, you can't you got to be happy with this how the season's gone. Yeah, they they should be uh, ready to rock in the SEC tournament because they're going to get tested a lot down the stretch. Um, they still have still have quite a bit of issues to to iron out, but. Uh, once they start making shots, I think they'll be fine. So yeah, well, if they if they if they come out with any kind of apathy, lethargy, you know, whatever word you want to use when it comes to you know being lazy or not having enough energy on Saturday, then we've got problems. We've officially we've officially got problems. Yeah, I I think that's that's well said there. And you know, if you don't see it on Saturday, when exactly are you going to see it if you can't get up for a game like this? So right, uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll be back at, at some point to recap that LSU game. Uh, probably sometime next week. But uh, until then, thanks for listening. Uh, you can find us anywhere you get your podcast, uh, iTunes, Spotify, anywhere like that. Uh, you can always just fire up rockytoptalk.com. Uh, it'll be on just about every article we post uh, from now until the game. So for Evan, this is Terry. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.